Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast for February 19th, 2017. This is podcast number 107. We ain't counting the thing with Tequila Spikes if you're in our feed as uh, an actual podcast. It was a show from our live feed with Tequila Spikes um, on Facebook Live. If you've missed it, um, go check it out. It, the audio is up on our feed or go on Numb Bills Fan Facebook, which is facebook.com Numb Bills Fan. So again, we're on 107. And um, I'm your host, David Palermo, here. And you can find me on the Twitter, at NumbillsFan. Find me on the Instagram, David J. Palermo. Follow me on Snapchat if you want to see dumb crap that really doesn't pertain to the Bills. Um, David J. Palermo. And alongside of me is a dear friend, Tim Avery. Tim, you want to say hello? Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, where can we find you? What do you do? Uh, I guess I'm on the Internet. Uh, I'm on Instagram as the Tim Avery. Um, I don't even know what my Facebook thing is. Just look me up. I'm on there. Um, I don't really tweet. So, and then I, I do a, a, a bit of booking around town for like bands and stuff. Um, so you could find me at Bug Jar Shows on Instagram as well. You've probably seen Tim uh, a lot. Don't be shy. You can talk more in the mic out, if you want. About. You see your waves going down, dog. There you go. All right. Um, yeah, because these mics, you got to talk directly in there because our, our other guy, uh, Numb Bill's Adam D there, he took a mic home, and uh, it took me about a half hour to realize, or for Tim to realize, we need to turn phantom power on. And for all you audiophiles out there who know what that is, good for you because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so don't forget, we're brought to you um, – by numbillsfan.com. All of our other content is up there. Occasionally we'll have articles. This is, frankly, our off-season right now, right after the Patriots win the Super Bowl. Who gives a shit? All right, let's be real here. This is the end of the year. Sorry if our content's be late, being late, but we don't care that much because we're kind of burned out over this Bills team right now. And let's be real. We're here with you every week on Wednesdays on Facebook as well, live. If you want to comment to us, 7 p.m. Wednesdays, Facebook.com, Numb Bills Fan. Also, we are part of the Punch Drunk Sports Podcast Network, which is up and coming. And follow them on Twitter at Punch Drunk and PunchDrunkSports.com. Also, they have a great sports podcast with great comedians like Ari Shafir, San Tripoli, and Jason Tebow. Regulars at the comedy store in LA, and you know, Ari Shafir is hands down one of the best comedians in the world, and you should definitely check it out. And Sam Tripoli does some sweet stuff too, he pretty much runs the operation there at Punch Drunk Sports, as far as I know. So keep it real, check them out, and also don't forget, we have a sponsor. People we're working with, Shady Rays, ShadyRays.com. Go check them out. If you enter NumBillsFan, all one word, in the promo or in the, in the code box, whatever, to get a discount, you get 25% off. That's better than other people's discount. So ShadyRays.com, NumBillsFan, type it in there. 
look, close friends, you want to help support us? You want to get some some stuff for server space? Hopefully, just cover some costs eventually down the line. Um, that would be sweet because you know we kind of got to prove it. Like we will actually promote product for people. So anybody who loves us, shadyrays.com. It is Lashawn McCoy's uh, deal with the sunglass company. So um, check it out. We're really psyched on it. I made a little commercial on my own personal Instagram, which oh by the way, there is a numb Bills fan Instagram. So check that out. Um, so if you missed it again, go on, go on our, our, our podcast before this one or whatever is in the feed and you will hear, um, our interview with Tequila Spikes and he talked about his book that he has coming out. And honestly, what an honor to have a guy like Tequila Spikes on. I mean, Tim, what are your thoughts on Tequila Spikes? You know, I, I, I did, I, I'm a fan but I didn't study football as much back then when he was playing, so I wasn't. Uh, I don't. Know, I think recently in the past few years, it was a years, household name, though. Yeah. Well, he was he was just fan, fantastic. The guy was just like a, a machine out there, and I just remember him like you know, just destroying people, blowing them up on hits, you know. And you just see him on so many different teams over the years, and it's like you're still playing, and it's like, um, yeah. I wish I wish we had more time with him. To be honest, I would have liked to have gone deeper because I have so many questions and and you know that's a guy where that's a person who was in a league for 15 years mm-hmm. um man talk about flattered humbled everything on our end to be able to be on the line with that guy because i'll be honest i've tried to on twitter a little bit maybe slide in people's dms to come on and i don't even get a reply and it kind of sucks because um you know, I want I want people to come on our platform. I hate to say platform like we're a big deal. We're nothing. We're just a podcast. But, you know, I got some podcasts lined up with, say, the guy from Crowbar, Matt Brunson, a guitar player. We had him on before. And it was cool because it's just like a good conversation. And what I would like to bring to the table is um, a laid-back, chill conversation with, like, players and – give these guys a, 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 a an option to really talk how they can't talk in stock radio. Mm-hmm. And and I was kind of looking to get that more out of Tequila Spikes when we were on, on Facebook Live, but our time was limited. He only had 10 minutes, which turned into be like 12 to 15. And, um, you know, I, I just want to chill back and really find out what picks these guys' brains or makes these guys tick because um, you know, it seems like everything in sports is like some like shock jock kind of hot takes lately and i really can't deal with it too well yeah i mean the you listen to a lot of podcasts i mean i do uh i work at an office so i have a lot of time to listen to podcasts and that's kind of you know that's the thing is what's everyone's hot take and it's like it's just begging for controversy and i think a lot of times because of that we and it's not even just on podcasts, but also like on the stadium wall, two bills drive. Like you know, I read the stadium wall, and I don't really contribute a whole lot, but I I just ingest what people are talking about and what they're thinking about, and you know, the that concept of the hot take has just made people post the dumbest things that aren't that, that there are any possibilities. I mean, there's well, actually, this was uh, both. Um, both on the stadium wall and there was an article in the, it was in the Buffalo news about us getting Jay Cutler and 
No, it wasn't. It was DNC. Sam Marinana. Mariana. Maria. Yeah, Marjana. Yeah. Yeah. He put out this article. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, you're just, you're trolling. You're fishing for an explosion, you know? And, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I I like fishing, and uh, anyone who brings dynamite to a boat to to you know blow fish out of the water, it's kind of a it's kind of a shady way of doing things, and not the the uh, shady we like and we support twenty five. It's um, you know, there's so many that there there's so many topics to talk about, and it kills me that a lot of people go for the low hanging fruit. And, um, it's, it's almost like integrity's lost. So when, when I hear former players talk, I like to really listen to what are the real true nuts and bolts, former coaches, guys with credibility, people who are close to teams and there's certain guys you can trust like Sal Capaccio at sales sports on Twitter. I trust what he says. Mm-hmm. Um, Vic Carucci's done some nice work, um, but I'll be honest with you, I don't necessarily trust everything he says. Uh, you know, there's other guys like Tim Graham who don't really, I don't think they cover the team as much anymore. It could be on my mind. Uh, but, you know, he's all right. Those guys like Jerry Sullivan and Sal Mirano, who frankly have put in the same category of, you guys got to get laid, get your dick sucked, figure it out. If that means you got to find dudes, trains, whatever you want. I don't know what pronoun you are. I don't care. But whatever you choose to do, you might need, you might, I feel like they have so much sexual pent up rage <laughs> that they just got to let themselves go. And, and it's like, you, you act like, they act like it's so hard to cover the damn bills. And what kills me is, how uninformed and how bad their takes are when, and, and yes, I'm still talking about Solomon and, and Sal Marana. And, and it's like, what kills me is frankly, you have a job to do. And I understand that sometimes you can't see the forest from the trees, as they say. Um, you're very fortunate to, to have a job where you can cover a team. And what I don't like is the media steers headlines. And even Tyrod Taylor said recently, yeah, the Buffalo media is really negative. And I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, you know, you hear former players like Donald Jones talk and, and he goes, you know, whatever the perception the fans have of the player is also a decision on whether the player wants to come in and play for that team or not again, you know, because they might be getting some hate. And it's like, he was mentioning Donald Jones on the Merch show. You heard it. He's like, you know, Tyrod Taylor if people want to run him out of town, he might not want that, you know? You might not want to come back, yeah. Right, and it's like, I feel like the media has so much more sway than people give it credit for, and you got guys like Sal Mariano who are around the team constantly, and I've said this a million times on this podcast and even in the video. I think Robert Kraft cuts their checks. Yeah, seriously, so so check this out. (laughs) Sal Mariano goes up to Mike Gillisley, I've said it a million times, and goes, yeah, so you're running Sal similar to Shady McCoy. And it's like, Sal, if you watch, you're going to preface a question like that. And the, and the running back himself one gives cut Mike, look one of cut like, Mike. like, yeah, the, he gives Completely him a look of different. like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about right now? And he's like, Mike goes, no, I mean, not, not really. And it's like, <laughs> Sal, are you watching the games? And then all of a sudden there's articles out. 
right within minutes of a game being over. And it's almost like fill in the blank. And I guess Mike Rodak got caught with that, with a fill in the blank kind of thing Deacon was telling me about. I've been out of it. Um, But it's like, man, let's look at this objectively. Let's not panic. Let's see what this coaching staff can do. You know, and, and man, I just want to get some more positive vibes out of this team. I think. The message boards are awful. Oh, they're, they're, you know, and it's funny. It's like, it's a chicken and egg thing. Are the message boards and the posters following the, the media or is the media following the message boards? You know, who's, where does the negativity start? I mean, granted, it's been a quagmire for 17 years and we're just a, you know, generally a mediocre team. We want to see that change. But I think, you know, I think part of, like, McDermott want, he mentioned wanting to change the culture. Part of the culture is the media. Mm-hmm. Part of the culture is also the fans and the negativity that they're spouting sometimes. And, you know, I think that's something that, yeah, you can never control the fans and what they're going to post. But, I mean, the Pagulas have dumb money. Dumb money. And, you know, if I were if I were Terry and Kim, I'd really consider just paying off Jerry Sullivan and, and Sal not to write <laughs> or to write on, in the uh, home decor section of the newspaper or something like that. Come on. I mean, they can be really down about the fact the home decor this season isn't that good. And, you know, maybe some housewives in their 50s will be really excited about that. But, you Tim, know. careful, man. Hey. You know, we don't want to get any. Hey. Uh, well, I don't even, I shouldn't even call you man. I shouldn't even recognize you. All right. I'm shh, sorry. Shh. Quiet. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh. But you get my point. What is your point in a nutshell? If you had well, to briefly well, say, just, it, just, say just, somebody smoked too much weed and they can and like somebody <laughs> listening smoked too much weed and they lost your point. What is your point? The the point is, I think part of changing the culture isn't just in the in the clubhouse. It also is changing the culture of the media, the buff, the Buffalo media, which I think the Pagulas have the money to change. I mean, it's not like shelling out million-dollar contracts to Jerry Sullivan. No one's, you know, it's a lot cheaper to get somebody in there who is a Bills fan, a fan, someone who likes the Yo, Bills. sign me up. Sign me up. I will be your ambassador. Mm. Pagula is like, like, really, the big reason that personally this podcast started up is, is for that, is to go against the green of the negativity because really it's, what if you do give the team the benefit of the doubt? Now, the thing that skews the perspective is when you hear stuff from guys who have covered this team for years who, who have had to work with them, like um, some radio hosts on other stations, and they will they will say, like, look, we've been behind the curtain, and we were told one thing, and I said this, and then they told me, no, 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 don't say that. So it's like there's a track record for any team where – you know, they have to, from a PR angle, skew things. Yeah, At the it, same time, you have to do simple arithmetic. And the deal is, is example, Tyrod Taylor's contract. Nobody knows what the deal is. And I thought it might be all hot smoke. But when Tyrod Taylor actually mentions that in the media, that means, oh, wait, that is a chess game that both sides are playing right now. Mm-hmm. But the reality is the guy, people like to throw, oh, pay him all that money, pay him all that money. The reality is, is he's going to get... Average starting quarterback money for where he's ranked. And it's actually a genius contract for the Bills. And it's like they still have, I think, like $31 million. 
But people want to go, oh, I don't know if there's going to, he's not worth it. You got to bring it salt. So you got to bring it salt. Look, I'd rather go. It's like, are you stupid? Are you, look at the tape he's put out there. He's getting better. They have a great run game. You have an elite quarterback. Getting a receiver in a draft early this year, I think is, you know, it's like, guys, simple arithmetic, like right off the bat. How can we think about it? And I think that's what's got to happen more in the media is it's got to be a, 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 a look that I know it doesn't sell papers as much. I know it kind of sucks, but like, I bet you one Bill's drive wishes people could be a little bit more objective. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, that that I mean, I, I would hope so. But it seems like they a lot of times people get run out of town. Quarterbacks, freaking coaches, players, coaches. And I remember hearing Russ Brandon actually during the Marone era, like the last probably five games of the season. He was actually on the Howard Simon show, and he mentioned like guys just pretty much like lay off of them, you know, mm-hmm. and it's got to be so hard. And, and I've said it before. I think Bill's fans, people are like, oh, the greatest fans in the world. Great. Yeah. Are they really, though? Because I think Bill's fans might be the biggest pieces of shits as far as fan bases next to Philly, because <laughs> there are how many people I know and I love. I'm not going to mention any names, but like they will directly tweet at a player like, should I call it that ball? It's like, yo, fuck yourself, man. Yeah, that is kind of, I don't know. I think that's just outlandish. It's a little ridiculous, but it's part of the it's part of our society now that that crazy openness and the ability to just like reach out and touch like touch people by and be a part of their lives and influence them, which is I don't know. I don't think we've lived in this this realm long enough to like really understand the repercussions of that. And I think that when when people just you know, blatantly do like will say, yeah, you you should you drop that ball. You're terrible. Worse words, whatever. We're on the radio. We got to keep it clean. Um, but you know, that does affect these players. Think about this. This is what I think fans don't realize. It's a lot of these guys are you know they're in their twenties. They're not like think of us when we were in our twenties. Like the, some of the dumb stuff that we did or some of the reactions that we had. You know, like we grow up. And they're no different than us. I mean, yeah, they're superhuman athletes, but you know, they you know, we all make mistakes. So how how old are you, Tim? I'm thirty five, so I'm, I'm anxious. Okay. I'd I'm, be benched. You're thirty five, I'm thirty two, and you know, when I was a kid, it seemed like eighteen you were it seemed like the perception was you were quote unquote a man at eighteen. And if you went by health insurance at the time, damn straight, my health insurance on my mom's plan ran out. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm like 28, oh, you're going to have health insurance until you're 21. Oh, okay. And then 30, it's 26. And it's like, so what I'm getting at here is that perception of being a man or a boy, frankly, I hate to say it, but the generation below us that has come up, they're a lot softer. That is the generation of people being best friends with their parents and no discipline. And we're seeing the 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 – the whole thing of not keeping score in baseball games, a competitive edge, no accountability for these kids. And I can't say none because a lot of these athletes are brought up in, in bad atmospheres, you know, and, and it's like, like Biggie said, it's like, you got a wicked jump shot or you're singing the crack rock. Like, like you're doing something. And mm-hmm. I'm sure I quoted that wrong. So don't flip out, <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's really the reality of the truth. And, 
for real. Like, you just gotta, you know, they're even younger now than they've ever been as athletes. So it's like a 23 year old has the mindset of when we were kids of like an 18 year old, 19 year old. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, so it's like, they get all this money. They finally make it. They got to take care of their family. They got to be be real to their boys at home too. Mm-hmm. That was a problem Mike Vic had. He was still hanging with his crew, and like you got to do what you got to do. But there's snakes out there, and it's amazing how many times you hear stories about people disappearing, falling off the map, whatever. But I don't even know how the hell we got on this. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> all right, yo. So on the real, Tim Avery. Uh, here's the deal. Here's why Tim Avery is in town. And and um, real quick. Um, not even real quick. So the Super Bowl happened. We didn't have a podcast since, and uh, the Patriots won. Who cares? Anyways, so the reason Tim Avery is here is... Um, well, one day, I day the, the Senior Bowl, I'm driving down to Duff's in Henrietta. Thank God, Duff's, for moving to Rochester. Thank you very much. I still um, haven't been there yet, and Duff's, you're welcome to sponsor the podcast here, for a low fee of Wings for Life. Wings for Life. Anyhow, so I was I'm driving down there, and I, I was like, oh, who would actually care to just out of the blue go and see this i'm like oh dave dave would totally be into it like i was going because i just i'm just you know always hoping for next year like like all of us right right mm-hmm. just always hoping we can maybe like find that player or a couple players that are like really going to contribute you know deep in the deep in the draft so i went to go watch the senior bowl and just took some notes because like i was like hey dave you want to come down? And he's like, ah, you were busy. You had, you were actually working. You were up on a uh, stepladder working on something. Right? I'll tell you. Uh, I, I, can I take it from here? Sure. All right. So I get this call. I'm on drywall stilts. I'm in a house. And it's a Saturday afternoon, right? And I get this call. I got my Bluetooth headphones in, so I don't know. And I'm like, hello? And then, dude, I didn't even tell you. I didn't even know it was you. So I'm sorry. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, man. I'm, gonna go to I'm like, oh, it's got to be Tim Avery. Right, what about Tim? And I nailed it. So, uh. You know, I had to take the – Tim's actually going to go watch a senior bowl, and I'm thinking in my head, you know what? How can I use this to my advantage? Hey, Tim, man, why don't you take notes? You want to come <laughs> on the podcast? <laughs> well, I've been bugging – truth, uh, the great, the big reveal, truth be told, I've been bugging Dave. I've been like, yeah, I want to sit in on the podcast sometime because I've done a couple of podcasts myself, mostly about music and, like, the DIY community. Um and I, you know, my, my buddy who I was doing that with, he got married and then, you know, he was super busy and, you know, just, we haven't been able to do it. He's, you know, and I, I, for those who don't know, I'd been fighting cancer for a bit. So like, like eight months or something, six months for a while. So, and it's, you know, still ongoing. So I'm doing a lot better though. So don't worry about me. <laughs> oh yeah, Tim. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like that the, the podcast kind of fell by the wayside cause we were both busy in life. So, and I'm. Dave and I, I, I go whenever I go to Bills games. I usually go with Dave. Uh, so I was like, "Yo, we gotta, we gotta sit down and get some uh, Dude, some good research in, get some good talk in." You know, you're one of those people that I don't want to be weird right now and put you on the spot, but you're one of those people that I wish I heard from more. And with everything I was telling you earlier, though, like with everything you've had going on, I don't mean to seem like distant, but it's like. Um, you know, when everybody asks how you're doing after a while, it's like, you don't have time to work on what you're doing because you're constantly thinking about how you're not doing good. And, and really, you, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's it can like, get negative real quick. Right, right. And, and especially when everything happens so fast in life and, um, you know, you're, you're frankly like super inspirational to me. I was telling you that earlier because, um, you know, it's not hard to be a good person and it's kind of like funny how we were talking about this you know, media thing. It's like the same thing, 
But um, anyways, so not to cut you off, but what do we got? Like, so, so Tim's like, I'm going to watch the Senior Bowl. I go, great. I'm like, all right, you know, I would love to do that too, but I'm at work. I'm 40 minutes out regardless, and I feel constantly behind when I'm doing drywall finishing in the house. So it's just a thing, a subcontractor thing where you always just feel behind, uh, you know. And Clock's so, always ticking. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I probably screwed off and got there later than I wanted to because that's how my life is. Uh, so I was like, Tim, man, check it out and, you know, put your eye on it. Like, what stands out to you? Now, you didn't really watch the practices. No. Did you? No. They what they say is what to watch. Yeah, that's what the coaches watch, I think, a lot more. From from what I gather, they seem to be more into that. The game itself is, you know, I, I want to watch the game because obviously that's more exciting. You know, I want to see a good game. Um, and I want to see, well, for for us for the, as the Bills fans, I want to see some explosive athletes, especially folks who are from smaller schools, smaller programs, who are coming up and playing against now in the senior bowl, you know, potential D1, you know, well, D1 talent and also potential NFL talent, you know, and you don't, because you don't get to see those guys. They might put up some ridiculous video game numbers in like Division One mm-hmm. A or something like that. Some school in like the middle of Ohio, right? So Division Two, yeah, or like non affiliated, you know. So it's really good to actually see them play and to kind of be like, "Whoa, okay, this person wasn't on my radar." Actually, I don't even know if Division Two guys play in the Senior Bowl, do they? They can, I think. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know anything. So real quick. Um, I want to reset um, to anybody who doesn't know. Personally, as far as I'm concerned, David here, I I really do like the draft. There were some years where right when the season would end, I would dive in to the whole draft stuff. And what I ended up finding was a lot of anxiety because the combine didn't happen yet. A bunch of stuff didn't happen yet. And let's be real. There's an order of operations that, as fans, there's so there's thousands of players you can look into. Over a 1,000 players you can look into. And it sucks when you hear the top 60 players being heard from on podcasts from Mel Kiver to Tom McShay. You always hear about the first-round picks. And so here's the process. Season ends. You got free agency. Okay, and then you got the draft, and then after the draft, you bring in your undrafted free agents. You still plug in holes after the draft with other free agents and undrafted free agents, and that's it. So I'm not going to dive. I will for the listeners get some. Like we will get some guys in here to talk draft this and that throughout the process. But really, I'm going to be talking free agents coming up, probable free agents coming up guys who we might want to bring in, you know, keep it interesting because that's part of the process right now is what free agents can you get? And and especially with Doug Whaley, I'm stoked to see what he brings in. Um, I mean, look at last year. People people give him a hard time, but how do you find Lorenzo Alexander? I mean, how do you find Zach Brown? Like players like that that had just ridiculous years on a not very good defense, but their numbers were just fantastic, you know, and and they weren't, multi-million dollar contracts they were really veteran minimums on both i think right i you think zach brown was a little bit more but i know zach the, brown was plan a before raglan you yeah, know what i mean yeah. when the, it, zach brown was kind of lost in the shuffle with the injury and the coaching staff change and so he you know what i'm saying like one of those sit 
like where the system didn't fit him anymore. And and to be honest with you, Tim, um, that's how a lot of guys these you know those are my favorite stories. Is the, is why these guys are brought in. And, and when Zach Brown, when I heard about him, and it's like I think he got injured, and there was mm-hmm. a coaching staff change, and he got injured. Maybe his last year, the one coach of staff. Then it changed over, and he, I think he was still recovering or something. Anyway, something happened where it just didn't benefit him anymore to, mm-hmm. to play there. Like it just didn't. The system didn't fit him with the new coaching staff when he was healthy. So those are the stories I like to hear because that's that's Whaley doing his research, and that's the team. Like not just Whaley, but the team of scouts, the pro scouts really digging in and being like, what, what is the story behind this player? Why are they getting released? You know, I mean, I look at a guy like even like Justin Hunter, um, you know, they said he had problems with drops and he just never really stuck with teams. They said in practice, he dropped a lot of balls too. Yeah. Yeah. But you got a guy who's six, four and can high point any ball. And he, he didn't make that many catches, but his percent of touchdowns per catch was through the roof, you know, ridiculous. It, it, it was something like, would he have like seven touchdowns, and he probably only had like four, like 20, 15, 20 catches, something like that. That's that's dumb. That's dumb, you know. And he's he's a threat because he's good at what he does. Well, what what people need to do though is to to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, which leads us back to the Senior Bowl. Believe it or not, is <laughs> people need to understand um, without looking at stats, you got to understand. What systems these guys played in, and what we mean by systems, to put it in layman's terms, is, uh, okay, like I can, <laughs> how do you do things, and how are you successful, and what players fit this kind of scheme, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, when they say that a good coach tailors his system, aka his way of doing things, to his players, a bad coach doesn't do that. You know, and they're kind of hard line on stuff. And, and it, it's like kind of pretty much what you saw with some players on the Rex Ryan defense this year, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you look, say, on CoverOne.net, our buddy Eric Turney has great breakdowns, great articles. He will have breakdowns of, like, what offenses and defenses that these guys have run in the past. Or you can hit us up on Twitter and we can refer you to whoever or vice versa. Um, hit up Eric Turner. And and it's like, what is Sean McDermott going to run for an offense? What is Rick Dennison doing for the offense as an offensive coordinator? Well, I'm hearing he's running stuff like Kubiak. Okay, cool, sick. Well, they wanted Tyrod Taylor before Kubiak did. Well, Rick Dennison must have been on board. He was the offensive coordinator with Denver. Mm-hmm. Okay, boom, boom, boom. He was Tyrod's quarterback coach. Okay, they can work with Tyrod. That's how I'm adding it up. That said, look on the defensive side. Leslie Frazier, defensive coordinator, was a defensive coordinator of the Vikings. Well, take a look at that tape. Now, when you get to the draft and you're looking at your first round, look at the holes. Mm-hmm. Go through the process. Look at the holes. You know, what holes weren't filled in free agency? And, you know, yeah, the Bills had, which they signed a couple guys now, 24 free agents at one point. But keep in mind, a lot of those guys were brought in and put on IR. They got hurt quick, one-year deals. So the Senior Bowl, my favorite part about the Senior Bowl, not to jump around too much, is 
you're getting a pay a, a very good peak at like mid round draft picks to late draft picks to undrafted guys. But make no mistake, they will be productive NFL players. And to me, those guys are more intriguing than hearing about the same top fifty to sixty names to thirty names, which really dwindles down to the top twenty picks. Mm-hmm. And and it's like, man, guys like John Miller, third round pick, yes. That's considered a higher pick, but that guy is a beast. Yeah, he, had, he was spot. rated very highly, and you know, people kind of gave us crap for picking a, a guard that early. But he, when you realize what he's, they always say with defense, offensive linemen, if you don't hear their names, that then they're doing a good job. You know, basically, and you never hear about John Miller because he's doing a good job. And you look at the production, the numbers on on the rush offense, and you're like, well. He's an integral part of that, you know? So, yeah, is it worth a third-round pick to get an offensive lineman? Absolutely, and you have to dig. And that's what we're doing. We're digging. That's what's cool about the senior bowl is it might – it really takes guys of a bunch of different competition levels. And, hey, how can you stack up? How is your technique? How, how do you – you know, and, and coaches will tell you that they will just – overload these guys with information and see what they retain. Mm-hmm. And it's also an added way for guys to talk to the players too. Oh, definitely. There's you a know? lot of scouting that goes on. Um, a lot of personal scouting, like what's your attitude like? Like how are, what's your demeanor? How do you work as a teammate? How like even the, the intangible of leadership. It's like, do you, when you get on the field with all these people you've never played with before, how do you command that? especially as a quarterback or maybe you know, on defense as a middle linebacker or a safety, like how do you command that group, you know? And I'm sure we don't – that's not something that we can see so much. Um, that's not something that I was able to see when I was watching the game, but that's definitely something that the teams scout. Well, in practice, and, and those guys are watching their practices, so what they look for is they look for, like, you know, technique, et cetera, et cetera, practice habits, work habits, and – it seems like a pretty chill atmosphere, um, but Donald Jones was part of it, and he was talking about uh, how chaotic it is because you got a lot of media interviews, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, mm-hmm. So anyways, let's dig right into it. we got a few minutes left, and from your eye, keep in mind, Tim's not a scout. I'm not a scout. But what we want to do is we want to start to familiarize ourselves. Is that even a word? Yeah, with, with ourselves. These, with yeah. these names and... You know, let's see what positions these guys are that Tim mentions. I haven't seen what he's going to talk about. But um, and, and possibly see if they get knocked off the list in free agency, those position groups. And then, you know, you can move those names however, or they could be good depth if they're available. So, I mean, tell me overall, what did you capture? I mean, I'll give you the floor for a few minutes if you want, man. Sure thing, man. Um, thanks so much. Yeah, so I, w- I will say I'll preface this. It's it's difficult watching a game like the Senior Bowl because watching a football game as a fan and watching a football game as a scout is like I, – I mean, I, this is kind of one of the first times I've done that where I was really looking more at the players as potential draft picks for the Bills. Um, it's an entirely different thing. You 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 know, you know Normally the cameras are on the quarterback and the running back, and that's who you see. So it was I, I found kind of difficult to get – a good feel for the cornerbacks and safeties just because 
they were getting thrown too. So you didn't get to see their footwork. You didn't get to see their mirroring, you know, as they were mirroring the receivers at the beginning of the play. Sometimes you only caught the tail end. So it's whether or not they were effective in a pass breakup situation. Um, that's mostly what you caught. So, and on, on defense, what you tend to see the most, at least what I saw the most, was the play of the linebackers because that's, you know, the the camera's focusing on, on the point of attack for the Front running back. Center, yeah. yeah, and and the the people who rack up the most tackles seem to be the ones you see the most. So uh, in with that in mind, and I know it's not a position group that's in dire need, if, especially if we spe- sign um, Lorenzo and, uh, and Zach Brown back, but I saw a lot of linebacker play that was pretty impressive. Um, and I'll just start going through no real particular order here. Um, so Vince Bagel, I think that's how you pronounce it, B-I-E-G-E-L from Wisconsin, linebacker. He had a couple of really massive hits. He had a forced fumble. Um, you know, you get the typical quote-unquote thumper kind of guy. Um, I don't think he had the craziest athleticism in terms of getting around the field, but, you know, he was he was st- just solid and staunch in defense. So like a thumper? Yeah, a little bit like a Ragland, except I mean Ragland was a, was he like good against the run? Is pretty much what yeah, you're saying. So yeah. he was like he was like a like a run stopping, like a Brandon Spikes. Not, but not he's not as not, big. not as limited as Brandon Spikes okay, was. You okay. know, he could probably he could do some um, some coverage. Harvey Lange, um from BYU linebacker, uh, he was he was crazy. He actually had the interception that sealed the victory in the game, and he also had a, a couple of really nice behind the line tackles. He. He was all over the place, and he's a little bit more athletic. He's kind of a good hybrid mix between being able to stop the run and be effective in the pass. Again, BYU not known for being like a huge, huge like like number one type school like the SEC and stuff like you know Alabama, LSU. But I think he's a guy who can maybe get like well, I mean, we don't have a fourth, but maybe one of our fifths. Um, all right, let me go down the line. I got to find my other uh, linebackers. Uh, Hassan Reddick from Temple. Now, there's there's an example of you know a school. It's not as big of a school. We don't get to. They're not playing primetime games so much. This guy just had an incredible awareness. He always knew where the ball was. He was going in the right place. You call it instincts, maybe. Um, great hitting. Uh, just you know, I don't think the game was too fast for him. So he was he was uh, pretty cool. Um, and I'll wrap up my linebackers. Uh, this guy, Derek Rivers, linebacker from Youngstown State. Now, you never see a Youngstown State game unless you're in Ohio, right? So here's a guy who's coming up against some real top-tier competition that I just thought he was he had speed to cover all the receivers, the slot guys, anything. He's all over the field. He had a sack uh, where he, he was placed as a 4-3 end uh, and, and just got right to the quarterback. He's He reminds me a little of Zach Brown um, in terms of his athleticism. And again, probably an overlooked player. Some you can get later on the, in the draft. Since linebacker isn't specifically, well, we won't know until after what free agency. What was his name again? His name is Derek Rivers. Derek Rivers, linebacker okay. from Youngstown State. I really liked his play. Probably the most impressive of the linebackers that I saw. Um, again, DNs they get sacks. So we're got. A, I, I noticed a few of them. Um, we'll talk about them, even though we, we're kind of set at the end. Um, pretty much right now, but I guess it never hurts if you can pick somebody up who might drop in as a you know undrafted or our seventh round pick or something like that. I don't know if these guys will drop, but it's just you know I'm trying to keep them on my radar. Uh, Jordan Willis, defensive end from Kansas State, he had a couple of he had great pressure on the quarterback at one point. He had a strip, um, just really high motor kind of character. Um, 
there's a guy from – I didn't get his first name. Phillips, defensive end from Iowa. He had a really – just a killer sack where he just – you know, just kept going and did not did not stop. Uh, Jordan Willis, oh yeah, did I say Jordan Willis? Yeah, yeah, okay. I had him listed twice for another uh, strip sack. Um, really good bend on that particular play. He, you know, he just arced down around the um, uh, the, the the tackle and just he got low. He got low and he, he low. and he and he hit his mark. So that was a that was an exciting play too. Um. Keeping with the D line, um, Adams from Auburn, the nose tackle. He had a couple of plays where it's some really good penetration, very quick for a for a nose tackle. You don't see a lot of those guys being super fast. I mean, we got to look as the Bills at you know Kyle Williams. Will he be back? Um, if he's back, will he need somebody spelling him? Um, guys like Corbin Bryant, is he going to stick around? He's a free agent, so you know you get a young guy like Adams from Auburn. You might if you could get him, you know. That fifth one of those fifth round picks, I think he'd be great. Um, all right, so let's go over to the offensive side of the ball. I think no, oh no, no, I got a couple more defense. Um, Lorenzo or uh, Lorenzo Jerome from St. Francis U. Now, then again, there's another team like whoever watches tape of St. Francis U. This guy was just absolutely one of the best players on the field. Played safety, I'm pretty sure. Um, two interceptions. Definitely not a D2 prospect. Um, he had a forced fumble. He was all over the field. Just great aw- awareness. And I say that word, you know, when I'm really complimenting a player because I think that's that's something that, especially these guys from smaller schools, you're like, is the game too fast for them? Do they know what's going on? Are they able to see the field and that's recognize plays? Like the purpose plays? of the senior bowl yeah. for me is like, can can these guys hang with the rest of the competition? Yeah, yeah. Another guy like that, Brandon Langley, from uh, he's a cornerback from Lamar. He had a great pass breakup. He had an interception, too. He was just, um, I don't know, he was fantastic. Again, Lamar, small, small, small school. You know, you're not going to see him showing up on a lot of uh, a lot of tape, but there's a guy who you might want to take. We've talked, I mean, we, but there's so much talk about the defensive backs in this draft and how oh, strong yeah. it is up front. But there's guys, depth guys, like, you know. Like them that are just going to be, they're going to play. Guys like Langley will play in the well, NFL. So, so many guys get pushed down the list because of certain situations. Like they might have only really started one year and done it for eight games because maybe they came in late. You know, it's like, like uh, you know, like Marcus Easley was a fourth round pick the year of CJ Spiller, and his measurables are off the chart, but he had very limited playing time in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's kind of one of those things where. What's his potential, you know? So exactly what you're saying, you know, like you never know with these guys, man. Mm-hmm. You never know their stories. Yeah, and this – I know – I mean, this is something, again, we can't see as much, but the coaches and the scouts that go to the senior bowl and go to these the combines and things in the pro days, that's what they're finding out. So hopefully we're doing a good job on that. Um, keeping with the offense, again, offensive line is really hard to watch in, in a game like this. Um, but I did notice uh, Dan Feeney, guard from Indiana. He had a great seal block on one play. I mean, we're such a power running team. We need guys like that. He got to the second level on a, the very next play. You know, he was he was out there for a lot of the game, working hard in the trenches. And you know, he just uh, he just kept showing up. And again, as offensive lineman, if you're actually showing up at all, that's like whoa! It really catches your eye. Um, 
Offensive tackle Zach Banner from USC. He had a fumble recovery, good awareness. He's also just an enormous mountain of a human being. Um, so you know, I how thought, do you, how did he move? He moved really well for a guy that big, and he reacted quickly. So I was like, oh, that's impressive. You know, I mean, it's it was kind of more like a little snapshot play, um, but I really, you know, I definitely took note. Um, Kareem Hunt, the running back from Toledo, again, small school. He, you know, he, he gave me the impression of being like the poor man's Delvin Cook for this draft. Like a guy who's got great speed, great hands, cuts really well. He, he led, I don't know what the exact number was. Again, I didn't get to take all the notes I wanted to, um, but he, he led the rushing for the entire senior bowl. Um, and again, uh, you know, the great thing about running backs in this day and age is they're undervalued, so you can pick him up in the fifth or seventh round, and you're going to get a player that's going to be explosive and that's going to make plays. Like, yeah, the, the running back is coming back, and if that's the thing is, um, you know, the, the league got small because people are passing. So what are you going to do now? You're going to run on them. No, mm-hmm. I mean, and honestly, when you watch the playoffs, it's like, holy shit, you, you like, actually realize how good the Bills' running game was. Like, you appreciate mm-hmm. it. And people don't want to hear that, especially when Tom Brady won the Super Bowl and he played, you know, he did some, I don't even want to talk about the Super Bowl, but uh, (laughs) anyways. Um, Okay. Talk wide receivers for a second. Um, Cooper Cup from, um, say, Eastern Washington, EWU. He had a couple of great catches. Um, Not a lot of run, like, yards after catch. He's a smaller guy. They kind of I, some of the people who were talking during the game mentioned that you know he's probably hit his ceiling in terms of size, so he may not be like a guy that you want to take in the first three rounds. But you know he he, he could provide good depth. I think he he's an interesting prospect. He's a hardworking guy. Seem, they had an interview with him. He seems like a real good team player, hardworking dude. So I, I kind of like him as a late round pick. Josh Reynolds from Texas A and M. He I think he led for receiving yards for the game. Uh, had a couple of uh, nice grabs, solid TD catch. He, I did notice he gets knocked around a bit. He's got to add some weight. Sometimes not too aggressive with when he's you know coming off the line, but you know he's got good hands. He didn't he didn't drop many balls. He was you know he was on point and he led you know he led the game in yardage. So that says something. Now my favorite, probably one of my favorite players from the whole Senior Bowl, Zay Jones. Everyone saw what he did. The guy just tore the place up he um eastern carolina u what's interesting about him in terms of the bills is um the wide receiver coach that we picked up mm-hmm. was his wide receiver coach at eastern carolina this year and he set records in the number of receptions and yards i think for like i know the number of receptions um i think his career and the guy you, you got to think the Bills have good inside intel on him. I was going to say, inside track, baby. And that's, you know, I mean, he hasn't been mentioned until the Senior Bowl really up there that much. But obviously that, you know, what he did in this game really put him on the map. And I would not feel bad using a third-round pick on him. I don't think that's too you high. think he'll be that high? I don't. Well, the problem is we don't have a fourth-round pick, and he's not going to last to the fifth round. He will not. Um, you, you know, he didn't play in the game, I don't think, because I think he's a junior. But Kevin Spitzer, North Carolina, UNC, Julian Edelman 2.0. Mark my words. Put it down. That guy, we need to get him in the fifth round because he doesn't have a lot of um, – I don't think people know about him. I just don't think they do. He's a little guy. He's probably 
I don't think he, he might not even be six feet tall, but he is he is in and out of his uh, cuts. He is he is just dangerous. I don't know if it matters because I don't know anything, but when I think of the Denver offense, I think of big body receivers like like Thomas and mm-hmm. Decker, and you know you could make an argument that you know they could go receiver early, but uh, man. I just don't see this team with whatever quarterback you bring in throwing that much, unless they bring in a Cutler. Mm-hmm. I can see you throwing and Romo, who, who, whatever. Romo won't that, come that's, here. I don't got think so many weeks that's to a talk pipe about drain. that. That's a pipe dream. Um, so what else do you got on players? I think the only other one from the Senior Bowl they really looked at. Um, you know, none of the quarterbacks were super, super impressive. I will say Davis Webb probably looked the best of the crop. They were they actually got some time to play. Um, they said it was uninspiring the quarterback play. Yeah, I I think what what I liked about him his awareness was solid. He didn't you know he wasn't spooked in the pocket. He was a pocket passer. He dropped he did um, drop a few dimes on some of the receivers, and he he just didn't look flustered. It didn't look too fast for him. You know he's a guy. Maybe you get with the the later of the fifth round or the seventh round pick if if you, if we don't end up taking a quarterback before that. He you know I wouldn't. I would say maybe he can be a backup. Maybe he could even be a spot starter. You know, he, he's, you know, and you're not going to break the bank on him, nor will you, you know, if he if he ends up being a bust, a bust in the late fifth or seventh round is not a problem. You've got to get quarterbacks. You've got to draft quarterbacks. You've got to find quarterbacks. And, you know, when you got somebody that's a low-risk, high-reward like Webb, sometimes why not take a flyer, you know? I think we got lucky, I think, last year with Cardell Jones to have him fall so far because he's clear. I mean, you know, he's clearly got the physical talents. Whether he puts it together or not, we don't know. Um, but, yet, you've got to take some flyers, man, because that's what's been holding us back, I think. I don't know, man. I will argue with anybody, like, when's this douchebag going to get reps, man? Like, really? I mean, I don't know what I'm calling him. I don't know why the guy plays a douchebag, but... <laughs> Just saying, it's like people got to be real. Like, there's not that many reps for these guys. We can take flyers all we want, but but if Tony Romo was healthy, we don't know about Dak Prescott. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Dak Prescott could have been on the Bills. The Bills allegedly liked him. But, like, how would we know? We wouldn't know. And and it's always the unknown. Well, Tim Avery, thank you. I know you got to dip out. Um, Don't forget punchdrunksports.com, billsforlife.com. Our show Wednesday coming up um, file, uh, on, on Facebook, facebook.com, numbillsfan. Find me on Twitter, numbillsfan. Um, lastly, Shady Rays, 25% off shadyrays.com. Numbillsfan is your promo code. Please do it. I'm trying to be, uh, I don't know. Representing. Rapping. So, Tim, thank you, dog. Dave, thanks for letting me be on the program. Appreciate um, it. It's been a pleasure. And um, all right, numbillsfan.com as well. See ya.